If you have your Bibles, grab hold of it. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. I'm not going to be long before you today because we already had a full program, but um, God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things I love about Christmas are the songs. Y'all like Christmas songs? Me and my daughter, we start listening to it since October. Probably September, to be honest. Yeah, in July, it's true, it's true. It pops up sometimes on the phone, automatically in the car, and like, let it rock. It'll be real hot, and we talk about it. it's beginning to look a lot like. Oh, so y'all are there too. Amen. Let me see how many Christmas songs y'all know today. Feliz Somebody said, police don't do that. <laughs> Somebody been arrested. Somebody's going through trauma right now. Police don't do that. Amen. All right. All right. Let me see. Let me see. What's another good Christmas song? You know, when I'm with Sherry on Christmas Day, I like to sing this one. Hang all the mist. Why are the single people singing that? <laughs> and... Chris Brown version. As we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. Chris be all the way down here and fireside blazing bright. And we and this. Oh, y'all going to hell? That ain't a song about Jesus. That ain't a song about Jesus. Y'all going straight? No. My favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. Let me see how long y'all could go. Somebody already tapped out over there. A thrill. Come on. Let me hear y'all. Somebody went to church a long time. Everybody, big now. A little pitchy over there. See y'all now, big, big. Oh, real big now. Let me hear y'all. Somebody struggling. Sister Mariah Carey. <laughs> Every Christmas she comes and she says, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I don't care about the 
essence. See y'all singing it, y'all. She's singing about the Lord. Make my wish come, Lord Jesus, cause all I want. Single people, why y'all know this song? Single people, why y'all know this? Let's see if y'all know this one. I had to pull up the lyrics actually, but it's a song I hear every year. Every year, Amen. Written by Deacon Stevie Wonder. Candles burning low. Lots of lots of snow and ice. Everywhere we go. Choirs, choirs singing. Right outside. All these things. That's what Christmas means. Wow, y'all don't got Deacon Stevie album. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're a mean one. Everybody know him. Hallelujah. Everybody got an uncle who bring a terrible present. Hallelujah. Come on. If, if you say, I don't got an uncle that bring a terrible present, it's you. Hallelujah. It's you. If you, every, if you always get good gifts and never complain, you're the guy. Hallelujah. Uh, the reason why I brought up Stevie's song is because the, the, the tag line of that is, that's what Christmas means to me. That's what I want to talk to you today about. That's what Christmas means to me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just the sweet spirit in this atmosphere. Thank you for everything that uh, took place in this. This is such a great place, God. Come on, somebody. God, I just, I thank you for a place that on Sunday we can come together and commune and just relax and let you minister to us. Even today, God, I just give you praise because I know that everybody didn't have an easy week. Some of us crawled to get to the weekend. Some of us, it was real difficult just to get here this morning, but we're here. And I thank you that you are able to recharge, re-energize. You're able to save. You're able to heal. You're able to give miracles. Whatever your people are depending on you for today, you're, you are able God, we thank you that indeed you are the, the life that came on a silent night. You are the joy to the world. You are the light and hope of men that are in darkness. We thank you for who you are in our lives. God, this holiday has a lot of meaning to many people. But like you asked, Peter, who do you say that I am? And so the question can be rephrased today. What does this season mean to you? God, it matters who you are to us. I think, Father, as I've lived my life, it is the most important question. Who are you to me? What do you mean to me? I pray, God, that you would move in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Many of you have heard me tell this story, and I'm going to use it again today, amen, about my friend who tried to save another friend who was an alcoholic. And uh, he said, I'm going to give this one shot to save this guy's life because he drinks his life away. So he said, I'm going to go to the bar and find him in the bar. He went to the bar, found him. There was Scott right at the bar, getting ready to get drunk, as he did every night. So he pulled up and he said, Scott, hold on now. Before you drink, I want to show you something. And he turned to the bartender. He said, bartender, bring two whatever they order. Hallelujah. And the bartender poured the, 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 the glass. And he said, Scott, I want you to take a good look now because... I'm really trying to help you here, and I hope you get the point of this. Reaches into his jacket, he pulled out a worm, and he put the worm inside of the drink, and the worm slithered, and then eventually died and sank to the bottom. And he said, you get it? Scott looked at it, said, I think I get your point. He said, Scott, I just want to make sure you get it. Pulled out another worm and said, I just want to make sure you understand the point of my story. And pops another worm in, and the worm slithers around and dies. And as he dies, Scott, with tears in his eyes, saw that the worm is dying from the alcohol. And a friend says, you get it, Scott? You get it? Scott said, yeah, I got it. I got it. He said, I, I, I believe you got it, Scott, but I just want to make sure that you got it. Can you tell me what it is that you get from this analogy? He said, you could kill a lot of worms with alcohol. <laughs> Scott wasn't giving that drink up for nobody. He missed the point. He missed the whole point. And that's true for Christmas. Many people see the holiday, but they miss the whole point. Because they're distracted by so many things. And so the question becomes, what is Christmas to you? Because we, like many people, can see the holiday right in front of us and miss the whole point of this. For sure, we have made this holiday more than what it's supposed to be. Come on, somebody. And so I, I, I want to pull some things out in the, 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 the birth narrative of Jesus just to show you some things about what Christmas isn't and what it is. In the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Look at this part. Because there was no guest room available for them. The world at the time was so busy. The world at the time was trying to put together uh, uh, people were, were coming to fulfill the census. The world was ruled by Rome and they were under 
uh, uh, strict uh, 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 rules to follow. They were coming, and everybody was going about their business trying to get what they had to get done just to move on with life. That Think about this. The God who made the world is about to enter in creation, and creation itself is so busy that they're not aware of it. God is entering in the picture, but mankind is so occupied that they are not aware that God is present. Let me tell you something. Here's my first point to you in this place. You can be so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Busyness will fill your schedule, but it could fracture your soul. Come on, somebody. Somebody needed to hear that. You live in a place that tells you it's all about the grind. It's all about what you're doing. It's all about the pictures on Instagram. The more likes, the more money you get, the more you consume, the more you have. But I have discovered that the more you get is the more the stuff you get make demand more of you. And the more you don't have time and the more you get frustrated. You're at a hospital like, Doc, what's wrong with me? And they say, we can't find nothing. You stress big time. Come on, talk to me in this place. And the world was so busy that they missed Jesus. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that the world today has made Christmas, the enemy has masterfully made Christmas so busy that even believers are missing Jesus at the time of Christmas. Come on, somebody. Hey, it's good to have presents, but it ain't about that. It's good to shop and, and have, you know, family around you and it's wonderful. But it's about the hope that because Christmas is not exciting for everybody. Some people are lonely at this holiday. And the, the, the pressures that we put on this holiday make some people even become depressed. Some people become sad, but I want you to know today that the busyness and all that the world has made, sometimes it can force you to where you feel like I'm making a living because I'm doing so much. But before you know it, you look over your shoulder and you have no real life, no meaning, no purpose to live. The babe came so that you can have life. Look at what it says in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. As he considered this, uh, talking about Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, one of the things that we think Christmas is all about is the gifts. And how many of you like to get gifts? Amen. All right, Lord, anybody who didn't say, yeah, make sure I don't get nothing. Uh, uh, how many of you like to get gifts? How many of you like to give gifts? Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But you know what I've discovered about God? Is that God gives gifts too. And when I look at Joseph's life, God has given Joseph a gift. God has given Mary a gift. He tells Mary that you are blessed and highly favored because of this gift. Right? 
But I want you to know, listen to this. Here's my second point for today. God can give you a gift and you not feel gifted at all. I mean, you know that when God gives gifts, it confuses you. Sometimes you want to say, God, can you take? Oh, oh, oh y'all ready to have some fun? Remember five years ago when you got married? Now you're like, Lord, can you take? That's too personal. Don't, don't go there, Pastor. Remember when you were praying for the Lord? See, oftentimes the things you pray for can sometimes confuse you when you get it. Sometimes the things you believe God is calling you to do can sometimes leave you wondering if it's really God. When you serve God, when you, when you serve the Lord, trust me, whenever God begins to open doors and do things in your life, take my word, listen to this, y'all. I'm telling you what I know from Scripture and what I know from my personal life. It can cause you at times to begin to wonder, how is God behind this? When you deal with people like Joseph and you see him having to go through those experiences before he lives out what God promised him in a dream. Who would want to go through those circumstances? When you look at Moses, when you look at David, when you look at Daniel in the lion's den, when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, sometimes you begin to wonder, how is God behind all of this? But I want you to know that God, sometimes when he gives gifts, it is the most strangest gifts you can get. But when God gives a gift, if you nurture that, if you work that gift, eventually that gift will turn around and be your deliverance. Imagine Joseph being told by God, this the Holy Spirit's doing. Ain't too many men would have rocked with that. Come on, somebody. Sister Sherry, bed not ever. Hallelujah. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 3. Here's another thing about Christmas. You know, it's, it, it's, it's Matthew 2 3 says, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where's the Messiah uh, was to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet uh, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Here's the third thing I want you to know about Christmas that is similar to today. So many people are so close, yet so far. Wise men traveled miles and miles and miles to come see this baby that was born. When they got to Jerusalem, they said, we saw the star. It led us here. However, we don't know exactly where he is. The Bible says that Herod heard this and he brought him to the palace. Sometimes you think hope 
should be found in certain places, but when you get there, there really is no hope. You would think that you would find hope in a palace, but the palace was the most hopeless place because Herod, look at this, he was old. Herod was only going to live about four or five more years after this. Six tops history shows, right? And he has lived his whole entire life, killed his own children, killed his wife. Come on. Somebody said of Herod, it's better to be Herod's pig than to be his child. That's how brutal he was, just to keep in power. Herod heard there was a king coming. Herod has got a little bit of time left and is still consumed with killing the baby. Herod calls all the chief priests together and says, is there a king that is supposed to be born? Watch this, y'all. The religious folks shows up and says, yes, there is a king that is going to be born. Where? Right here in Bethlehem in Judea. You are not least, but this, this baby is going to be born right here. And Herod says all of that. Herod takes the information. Herod then turns and says to, to, to the wise men, y'all go ahead. When you find the baby, let me know. Here's the point I'm trying to make. You never read when they found the baby, not one scribe showed up to worship Jesus. Not one Pharisee. Not one leader who understood scripture showed up to worship the Lord. Do you know how far that palace was from where Jesus was born? Here's it. Five miles. They were five miles away from everything they had ever studied, from every scripture they had ever read. It was so close to them, yet not one of them decided, let me just go see if this baby truly is born. And let me tell you something. For us, we can be so close to come into God, yet so far. Not because you sit in a church means you know the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Not because, hallelujah, you hang around Christians mean you know him. The Bible says these were men that knew the word that he called. They told him where the babe was to be born, yet not one of them showed up. You got to be careful that your life with the Lord does not become a ritual does not become religion that when holidays like this come around and it's time to worship Jesus, yeah, 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 but you know, I got other things to take care of. They were so close to, to, to having a relationship with the Messiah, yet they were so far, and the men who were far away was much closer. You see, it's a heart issue, and if you want to know Jesus, you can if you seek him with all your heart, but many people who chase him chase a form of religion sometimes watch this religion can become something that you do in your head that you appease your own conscience to make you think i have done xyz dotted all the i's crossed all the t's so therefore i must be saved salvation is not works salvation is a relationship with god and when you have a relationship from that relationship flows something that's different that you want to seek him, that you want to know who he is, that you want to know everything about him. And here are men reading scriptures every day, and when they heard that the babe is here, signs are here, everything about him is here, not one of them made an attempt to go see him. The devil is a liar. Don't be so close 
yet so far. Hallelujah. Look at this, y'all, in the book of Matthew chapter 2, 7. We go somewhere with all of this. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report him to me so that I too may go and worship him. Here's my, here's my next point. Everyone is not seeking the king for the same reason. You look around society today, there are people that want to cancel Christmas. They want to just, you know, let's say Xmas, let's say this. And it's gone to the point where, you know, listen, I know that people argue, uh, even in, in the religious world, they say, you know, pastor, as a Christian, you shouldn't celebrate Christmas. It's pagan, it's this, it's that. That's if you celebrate pagan stuff. I celebrate the birth of Christ. We all know he wasn't born on the... We don't know what day he was born. It's a day set aside. We understand all of that. But what I'm celebrating is the incarnate. The fact that God became man. And let me tell you something with this. Let me tell you something with this. Not everybody likes the concept of a celebration that says there was a Jesus. There was a God man who walked the earth. See, Jesus, and no disrespect to anybody's beliefs or religion, but is not saying the same thing like every religion. All religion offers you some way of, through your own doing, you might eventually achieve some type of enlightenment. In one religion, they say, hopefully your good deeds outweigh your bad. That one is very difficult for me because I don't measure. Right? Then there's, then there's, there's religion to teach you it's about cutting yourself off from everything in the world and, and uh, uh, abstaining from everything and, and just being by yourself and hopefully you can become one with the universe. Even in that is a little bit of pride because you're telling yourself that by abstaining from everything that you have now achieved what everybody else has not and so I'm in better because I don't have cars. You do. You're bounded by cars. I'm not. And, and I'm better. And you both lost. Jesus comes in the picture without going into every religion and says, hold on. Your best day as a human being is like your worst day. So when you thought I've achieved much, consider your worst day and that day equal. And the reason I'm coming to die, and I like what uh, 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 my brother said, Craig said in the beginning, John 3.17 says that, the, that God did not come into the world to condemn it, but through him it might be saved. You read on further, Craig, it says because the world was already condemned. We're already on a path, everybody. And so what Christ came is to be the hope. He says, listen, I'm not like every other religion. I am the way. I am truth. I am life. No one is getting to the Father but by me. So this is why this puzzles me that the incarnate can come into the world. And yet the world is so busy making a living that they're missing life. This is why it puzzles me that they could be so close yet so far. But it's not as puzzling because you know what? The same is true today. Not everybody's seeking the king. Herod, as, as, as old as he was in age, 
wanted to come and make sure that he, this the original Grinch. He wanted to kill Jesus. Here's Herod's problem. Jesus came that men would submit to him. But Herod, like most human beings, their problem with Jesus is that if he really does exist, it now calls me into submission to a life that, you see, we don't get to decide, hallelujah. It's like when I first got, you know, got married, hallelujah, I used to buy Sherry gifts like, you know, uh, Nick's, Nick's, uh, I was a Nick fan, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I used to buy her things that I liked. And so when I hooked her up, I said, why you don't like this? She said, because I, I don't, that's not me. Here's the point I'm trying to make. If you are ever in a relationship, you can't live according to you to please the other person. You have to find out what the other person likes. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody marriage. Hallelujah. And, and it's the same with God. We come to God and we want to apply that same type of thinking when we deal with God. God, uh, uh, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do that. I do all this for you. No, no, no. There's a whole book on how to live for him. And we have to live according to what he's required. And God is not saying American Christianity has gone to a place now if we're not careful where it's a lot of us deciding what pleases God. And no longer what his word says. But his word is plain. That, there's the, that, that if you're going to come to God, you must believe in his son Jesus. Hallelujah. And not that he's just an option, but that he is the way. And what he says is how we should live. Hallelujah. And so Herod, like most of us, he heard about the king, but he said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it don't exist. This is the original atheist mentality. I never understood why if you don't believe in something, you're going to spend your life fighting the thing that you don't think exists. If I don't think you exist, I'm not going to fight you because you don't. Why is it that you so badly need everybody to agree it doesn't exist? Because once you agree it exists, you now have to be accountable to what it requires. And Herod does not like the fact that there is a child that can rule over you. His problem was, I don't want nobody ruling me. Let that not be said about us today. And when you look around at society, that's what Christmas means to some people. My opportunity to keep fighting Jesus. Keep doing everything I can to cancel Jesus. Look at this, y'all. Look at this. The Bible says, go to the book of Luke chapter, uh, I believe it's 225. And I'm getting ready to close this off, y'all. What's the point of all this? It's not the busyness. It's not the presence. Because when God gives you presence, it confuses you. And you can be so close and so far. What's Christmas all about? I found a story in here. That for years blessed my heart. About two people. The Bible says now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Who was righteous and devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Come on somebody. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. 
that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I just want to pause right there to tell you something. That when you live for the Lord and the Holy Spirit is working in your life, God sometimes comes and he speaks to you that while the world, because you got to understand the time he's living in here is chaotic. The time he's living in here, and a couple weeks ago I preached that 400 years between, these were a people that were, were literally, they, 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 they were living under rulership. God had stopped speaking once Malachi was, was closed, hallelujah, and they didn't know what tomorrow was going to hold. But there were still people that were devoted to God. What are you saying, Pastor Rich? I'm trying to tell you that the last two years have been real crazy that the last two years have been some confusing times one of these days i woke up and i said god uh, uh, it seems like the effects of the last two years is not just the virus anymore but now when you talk to people people have become hopeless People don't even know whether they should continue on pushing for dreams or living for passion because they don't know if tomorrow what they're chasing is even worth it. People are feeling empty. People are feeling all types of way. And the last two years was were, were, were confusing and blurry for a lot of people. But I want to tell you this, that even in the time when Jesus was born, it was confusing for them too. So if you confuse today, I want you to know that that Holy Spirit, as long as you keep living for God will come and speak to your heart and I love what the Holy Spirit said it says you will not die till you see God's hands who am I talking to in this place I'm trying to tell you what Christmas means to me Christmas was a world in darkness Christmas was a world when God created Adam and Eve and God said let us make man in our image and in our likeness and God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life in him and man became a living soul and every day hallelujah man and God would fellowship in the garden oh my gosh the peace of God was there there was no anxiety in the garden ladies and gentlemen there was no worry there was no need to take a pill there was no need to see a doctor because there was no sickness in body there was no cancer there was no funeral homes in the garden come on hallelujah there was no killing there was no murder there was nothing but the presence wherever God's presence is there is peace there is protection hallelujah and the enemy has no stronghold over it and the enemy knows that you can cannot curse what God blesses if you search scriptures the enemy cannot curse the Bible says there was a prophet hallelujah that the man called and said can you curse God's people when they brought the prophet the prophet went at one angle he tried to curse the children of Israel but he turned to the king and said I can't curse them over here he brought them to another angle and said curse them here wherever he went he said this I can't curse them because they are blessed and what God blesses nobody can curse 
but when you get to the book of Revelation that same prophet is mentioned and God says I hate this doctrine that, that, that he portrays and then when you study it you begin to understand that he finally figured out how to curse God's people he knew he couldn't do it but he knew if he get them to do it to themselves and so what he did was he enticed them he enticed the men with women, foreign women. He enticed them with the things that the world around had. He enticed them with the things and said, this is what you need. This is what life is all about. Chase this. And they became so busy making a living that they forgot to make a life. And they had the, the, the glory of God right in their midst. And they were so close yet so far. And they were starting to hate God and want to destroy God and make sure that he is not who he is because they want to live other lives. And the Bible says they cursed themselves. They brought a curse upon themselves. And that's the same thing that happened in the garden. It's not a new trick. The enemy saw the woman. And God knows women. Let's continue to pray for women. He said, did God say not to eat? She said, God said not only not to eat, but don't touch it. I don't know if he said that part. She added. And the Bible said that he knew what she knew about God. And the very next thing he did was say, that's a lie. What God said is a lie. And if he can get you to agree that what God has spoken is a lie. And he can get you to doubt God. He's got you on his side. And Eve brought a curse on herself. It wasn't that God was mean. And people always say, why is Christianity such a blood-shedding religion? It's a blood-shedding religion because men are sinful. The first time anything ever had to die was because that man and that woman hid. And when they hid and God said, where are you? This is what they said. We are naked and ashamed. And God had to kill an animal to cover their shame but he knew that one animal couldn't do it he knew I'm gonna have to keep killing animals and keep killing animals and keep killing animals let me tell you something whenever chaos is happening there are always people that are holding on to God I want to take a second to say who still after two years of a pandemic excited about Jesus can I get one or two people in the house who just got a praise inside of them still to say to God be the glory. The enemy done tried everything. He tried to get me to doubt God. He tried to get me to turn against God. But I'm still standing. I'm close and I'm not far. Hallelujah. I'm busy but I'm not too busy to find life. Hallelujah. I'm not seeking him to kill him but I'm seeking him to worship him come on somebody come on I know there's got to be two or three more people sickness plagued your body but the Lord has kept you come on somebody tried to discourage you somebody's getting their dreams back come on somebody been giving up on their dream come on with praise get your dream back right now get your dream get your life back get your mind back get it back in the name of Jesus get your zeal back am I talking to in this house 
And let me tell you, let me be the first to admit, anybody who comes to this church know I'm not a pastor who ain't transparent. Everything you have faced, I have faced. There were many times I saw ministry in Hawaii. With no church. Just me and my family. Eventually just me. No. I faced discouragement. I faced days where I woke up and I felt like, what's happening? This world currently has no leadership. None. Y'all know I could go off on that. Y'all be praying for me, right? Catch me in private. Who do we look to for guidance? Ooh. I feel like I'm playing Simon Says. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. One, two, three, and to the four. Six booster shots, Dr. Dre's at the door. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Y'all gonna get me. Y'all gonna make me say it. Now we streaming, so they're gonna cancel me. And, and that's the crazy part. You can't say it. We have to pretend we have leadership in this world. And I'm not talking about just America. I'm talking about the planet. The world is hurting. People are hurting. People are hurting. Because darkness and men hate God. But God just need a few people that's anointed with the Holy Spirit that the scripture put back up that scripture that, that what it said to Simeon you know God said to you that you can't die and leave until you see God's hands move until you've seen the Lord's Messiah you know what this means the Lord's answer to the world Simeon you won't die and here's this devoted man going to church every day hallelujah don't care what nobody says holding on to Jesus the world is chasing everything else to fill the emptiness but he said no nah, the Holy Spirit made a promise to me that I'm going to that's why the apostle Paul was who he is crazy apostle Paul said y'all don't get it I don't care if I have I don't care if I don't have it's not where I am or what I've attained I've learned that godly godly contentment is great gain and I'm living for one reason I press towards the oh yeah your preacher told you you were pressing to a new house your preacher told you you were pressing to a new car and you bought into that. That's not what Paul was pressing for. He said, I'm pressing that I may know him in his death and his... Oh, ain't nobody want to know him there. Like, hold on, the car is better. Come on, press to your house. And then when you get it, it doesn't even fulfill. You're so close yet so far. Let me, let me get out of here. Let me get out of here, y'all. You don't say talk, you talk to a rapper. I start, <laughs> bet, I got a bar for them. I got bars for them, uh, I got bars for them. And the Lord took scars for them. Uh, uh. I go to war for them. Uh. 
<laughs> yeah, don't do that to me, y'all. I put a whole album out right. Come on, turn me up in the headphones. Yo. I know exactly where the mic is, too. Amen. Look, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Watch this. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. There's coming a day when everything God says, he's going to do in your life. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him. He's the one doing the rights. In the arms and praise God. And this is what Christmas means to me. Go on. Sovereign Lord. As you have promised. You promised Abraham. I will make you a nation. And through you all nations of the earth will be blessed. As you have promised, you may now this. He said, it's cool now. It's cool now. You know, the old folks said it like this. It is well with my soul. How did y'all ain't say nothing to me? A lot of young people don't understand that because your soul just ain't well. Your soul in hell. Hallelujah. But there's a place in God that you can say, it's cool with me. Oh God, put that type of peace in my mind. Put that spirit inside of me that I don't have to panic and be in anxiety every day. Come on, somebody get your mind back right now. God, put some leadership back on this earth. Put some fire back in the believers that this world could get leadership. The Bible says there's not a lack of leadership. It's that the leaders don't know that creation groans and is waiting patient for the sons of God to manifest. You are the head and not the tail. He said, it's cool, sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your. That's what Christmas means to me. He's my hope. He's my hope. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said, Mary, to his mother, look at this. When you truly celebrate Jesus, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. When you serve Jesus, a lot of hearts become revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too because you love him. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then was widowed until she was 84. 
She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And watch this. Go on. Y'all done there? Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave. So, so Simeon is over there praying, blessing the baby, telling the mother. And Anna, that's why it's good to be in worship service. Because when somebody next to you is worshiping, sometimes it jump over. And Anna said, oh, Simeon, you know how church old folks be with one another. They friendly to the point they could, oh, Simeon get on my nerve, but he got his blessing. <laughs> old sister Anna over there. And God is revealing it onto me too. At 84, she became an evangelist. Look at this. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking on to the redemption of. Oh, Anna got up at 84 and said, this baby is no ordinary baby. Don't you ever let the enemy make you think your life is over because America determined when your life is over. Let everything that has breath. Sometimes the enemy come and said, you're too old now. Things are passing. I tell the enemy, you don't know I got bars. Like this man don't understand. I'll be out in a wheelchair. Throw your, throw your chair in the air. And wave it like you got no. Because listen, when you serve God, there's no age limit to kingdom work. You might not be able to do what you did 10 years ago. But there's something you could do for God. Listen, when Joseph and Mary did they, they required the law. They returned to Galilee, to their own town in Nazareth. Here's the last thing. I'm done. Here's the last thing. Kind of said it. What Christmas means to me from these two people is salvation. Hope has come. When you drive your car, one thing you don't want to see is them yellow lights pop up. How many of you have ever stretched forth your hand on a yellow light? Even the air light. You're like, you could get air, but you're like, nah, man, that might be a whole tire. Some of you ain't saying nothing because right now you got like three yellow lights on in your car. <laughs> Fix them joints. That's a word for somebody. The thing is, you don't fix them because the yellow lights are on, but feel fine to me. What you mean I need air? A couple weeks ago, the brothers came in the back. They said, Pastor, you need air in the back tire. I still. <laughs> Pray for me, y'all. Because it feel fine. <laughs> feel fine. It ain't until the actual disaster arise, then you're like, oh, there's something wrong with my tire. Here's the point I'm trying to make to you. Those yellow lights indicate a deeper problem. The world in pain is indicating is a deeper issue. And the only one who can fix it is Jesus. And I want to tell you. I got something I want to tell you today. Something that stuck out to me in the Bible about territories and fighting how many of you want to hear my fighting story i'll tell you friday night when you come because all i'm gonna talk about friday night 
is the hope that came into this world. And I'm going to preach it like there's no tomorrow. Because the world needs this Jesus. I'm done preaching today, y'all. Would you stand to your feet if you know Christmas means that you got your salvation and your hope back today?